Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokettes And non-toking lovers of liberty It is Tuesday, September 20th, 2016 And it's got to be 420 Somewhere in the world Welcome to the show, and sorry I missed you yesterday, but I was flying back all Monday from Boston to Portland. I've just returned from the Boston Freedom Rally, the 27th annual edition of the greet the meeting on the Boston Common, where we all celebrate our cannabis liberty, and we got lots of great audio to bring to you today from that Boston Freedom Rally. Coming up on the show, I had a chance to run into, well, not literally run into because I'd have been flattened, but I got, I got to run into former NFL tight end Boo Williams. He played on the New Orleans Saints uh, from 2001 through 2007, I believe. His first year, he even played alongside Ricky Williams, and I got a chance to talk to him about uh, marijuana and the NFL. Great little chat backstage. He's got a new product line as well that he's going to tell you all about. So stay tuned for that coming up at the end of our first hour in our High on Sports segment. Also on the show today, we continue our look at Marijuana Election Night 2016, our live six-hour coverage coming to you on November 8th from Los Angeles. And we are previewing all of the states that are voting on various marijuana reforms. Joining us today, we have Jeff Kraus. He's the treasurer of the Yes on 182 campaign. That's medical marijuana in Montana, where they're fighting to restore their medical marijuana program to some semblance of working order, something that could actually help patients. We'll also ask Jeff about the uh, fallout over the past 20 days as the uh, medical marijuana restrictions have gone into effect in Montana. Repeal light, we call it. And uh, we'll see how that's affecting patients and caregivers there in Big Sky Country. That's coming up at half past in the first hour. Also on the show today, like I mentioned, I just got back from Boston Freedom Rally. So today in Activist Agenda, right after our safety briefing, You'll get to hear my main speech from the gazebo stage where I talked about how passing question four, even legalizing just one ounce, changes everything. We've also got a behind the headlines segment to bring you today where the National Institutes on Drug Abuse is actually backing off of the claim that smoking pot leads to lower IQs in teenagers. It's some amazing stuff that's kind of flying under the radar, but it's got to be giving Kevin Sibet some indigestion, so I want to bring it all to your attention. That, of course, all comes after we start the Cannabis Radio News. That's right after our first break here. And in the headlines today, we've got two polls from Colorado and Oregon to look at on how people think legalization is unfolding in these states. We've got a court in Florida refusing to prosecute a woman who was busted for cannabis plants. We'll tell you why. We've got the hopes for medical marijuana in Missouri coming to an end today thanks to a judge's decision that leaves us heartbroken here at uh, Cannabis Radio. We've also got new donations to tell you about both for 
legalization of marijuana and against medical marijuana. We'll tell you who and how much. And we've got two stoner icons in the news. Tommy Chong asking the White House for a pardon and Willie Nelson getting the governor of Virginia in trouble. That's all coming up here in the first hour of the Russ Belville Show. And then in hour two, it's Toker Talk Radio, where the phone lines are open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. We've got more from Boston Freedom Rally with Dick Evans and Mike Connolly on question four. We've got Mike Can and Chris Goldstein on stage. Great to see Chris back at Freedom Rally. And my radical rant on Terrence Crutcher, the latest victim of drug war-fueled American racism. It's all coming up in the next two hours live from Portland, Oregon on the Russ Belville Show. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, think that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. All you have to do is decriminalize. We don't need a government regulation to tell us this is good pot, that's bad pot. We don't need any of that. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com, the national wildlife refuge for marijuana unicorns. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, September 20, 2016. Residents of two states that have legalized marijuana support it more now than when they legalized it. In a Colorado poll sponsored by Marijuana Policy Project and conducted by public policy polling, 61% of voters felt that the economic impact of legalization has been positive for the state. 
The Denver Post reports that in the poll, only 36% of voters would vote to repeal marijuana legalization, and just 39% said legalization has been bad for Colorado, compared to the roughly 45% of voters who opposed Amendment 64 in 2012. In Oregon, DHM research produced a poll showing that 61% of voters felt legalization had a positive impact on the state. The Oregonian also reports that the poll found 60% of statewide voters oppose bans on recreational marijuana sales. Oregon legalized marijuana in 2014 with 56% of the vote, the greatest electoral support for a statewide marijuana legalization measure so far. A Florida court reached a not guilty verdict Friday in the case of a woman who uses medical marijuana. WFLX reports that 54-year-old Bridget Kerouac was facing charges of growing 20 cannabis plants in her home, a felony that could have resulted in serious prison time. Kerouac suffers from numerous chronic pain conditions and was a legal medical marijuana patient in her home state of Maine before she moved to Hobie Sound, a small town in Martin County, Florida. TCPalm.com reports that police had followed Kerouac after she visited a hydroponics store, then secured a search warrant to find the medical garden in her home. Kerouac's attorney, Michael Minardi, refused all plea agreements that would have branded his client a felon and instead mounted a medical necessity defense for the jury. Kerouac is free from the charges, but not free to grow her cannabis, prompting Minardi to join with Kerouac in promoting the passage of Amendment 2, the medical marijuana legalization on the Florida ballot. Hopes for a judicial reprieve for medical marijuana in Missouri ended today. According to sources with the New Approach Missouri campaign, their appeal regarding disqualified signatures was rejected by a judge. While the campaign submitted over 285,000 signatures, Missouri law requires at least 8% of signatures to come from 6 out of 8 of their congressional districts to prevent gathering signatures only at the urban centers of the state. The Riverfront Times reports that the Secretary of State rejected more than 10,000 signatures from the state's 2nd congressional district, leaving the campaign 2,242 signatures short. The campaign was then able to show that 2,219 of those signatures were actually valid, leaving them a mere 23 signatures short of placing medical marijuana on the ballot this election. New Approach Missouri raised over $1.3 million for the 2016 campaign to legalize medical marijuana. The Dr. Bronner's company, famous for their line of hemp-based soaps, has donated $660,000 to the campaigns to legalize marijuana in five states. The Cannabis reports that the company will work with the campaigns in California, Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine, saying in a statement that their pledged donations will help to, quote, end the racist, outdated policy of cannabis prohibition that shreds productive citizens' lives and families for no good reason, end quote. Meanwhile, in Nevada, casino billionaire Sheldon Adelson has donated a million dollars to the campaign opposing medical marijuana in Florida. The St. Augustine Times reports that Adelson had donated $5.5 million of his fortune to successfully defeat Florida medical marijuana in the 2014 election. Adelson's wife, Miriam, is a rehab doctor who has helped found drug treatment centers in Las Vegas, Nevada and Tel Aviv, Israel. Stoner icon Tommy Chong wants to be the latest marijuana criminal to be pardoned by President Obama. The Washington Post reports that President Obama has commuted the sentences of 673 offenders and pardoned 70 more. Now Tommy Chong is pushing a White House online petition to encourage Obama to pardon Chong for his 2003 conviction for selling bongs over the Internet. The pardon Tommy Chong petition needs another 83,000 signatures by Sunday to garner an official White House response. 
Another stoner icon, Willie Nelson, has gotten the governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, in some hot water. McAuliffe visited Nelson on his bus, the Honeysuckle Rose, and posed for a picture clearly showing a can of Willie's Reserve marijuana sitting between the two. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, September 20th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today we take a look at a piece written on drugabuse.gov, and it's entitled Study Questions Role for Marijuana in Teen Users' IQ Decline. Now this is the website of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, and, and keep in mind that for years we've been hearing from prohibitionists and people at NIDA that the use of marijuana by teenagers is going to cause them permanent cognitive deficits. Kevin Sabet and his cronies like to point to a Dunedin, New Zealand study that showed an eight-point loss in IQ by middle age among those who had started using marijuana often in their teenage years. This has been a repeated smear of cannabis that we've heard from the prohibitionists for quite a while now. But this latest study being reported on by NIDA seems to, uh, seems to walk that back a bit, you might say. Now, this isn't the uh, King's College London study or the University of London study that was on twins that showed how one twin didn't suffer when he wasn't a pot smoker versus the one who was a pot smoker. This is some continuation on that same idea. This was a recent study that was sponsored by NIDA, uh, National Institutes of Drug Abuse, and the National Institutes of Mental Health. And 
they found they 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 what they were looking at were two studies uh long-term studies of twins one is funded by the national institutes on mental health it's the risk factors for antisocial behavior study from southern california that studied 789 children how you get 789 an odd number when you're doing a study on twins i don't know and another study national institutes of drug abuse funded the minnesota twin family study this one's 2277 children Again, I don't know how you get an odd number with twins, but okay. And they used uh, IQ scales at age 9 to 12 before they'd ever used pot. Then they followed them up at age 17 to 20. And then self-reports at three-year intervals. Now, what they found is about 42% of the kids used marijuana at least once in the decade between the two IQ tests. And those teens lost IQ points compared with their non-using peers. They also fell behind on the information section and four other subtests called block design, matrix reasoning, picture arrangement, and similarities. Uh, On those tests, uh, marijuana users were no different. So it was just on two parts of this uh, test. But what they found were the two subtests were those that measure knowledge acquired through experience and learning. And they found that the pot users had a, uh, a lower score. But here's where the study gets interesting, is that they couldn't find the fact that the marijuana caused that. And in fact, according to this, uh, this NIDA write-up says, the drug appeared not to be the culprit. The drug appeared not to be the culprit. And what they found here is they were going on three hypotheses. One, that if this were true, if marijuana use caused these teenagers to lose IQ points, then number one, the marijuana use should come before the IQ drop. Number two, the more you use marijuana, the greater your IQ should drop. And number three, if you got a twin, the one who's smoking pot ought to do a whole lot worse than the other twin. So according to this, when the researchers examined the first hypothesis, the idea that the pot use should come before the IQ drop, They found that the children who'd start using marijuana during their teens had IQ scores on par with future abstainers. But contrary to the hypothesis, the future users already showed that IQ disadvantage at ages 11 to 12. That is, the IQ drops were already visible before they had begun smoking any pot. For the second part, the the more more pot you smoke, the greater decline you should have. They found the twin studies didn't bear that out. They compared the participants who used 30 times or daily, at least 30 times a month uh, for six months, to those who had used fewer than 30 times. Uh, Both of them had the same level of drop. The, the, The people that smoked a little bit of pot versus the people who smoked a lot of pot, same drop. So it didn't suggest that there was a dose dependent relationship. And the third hypothesis, the idea that one of the twins if they're a pot smoker ought to do a lot worse than the other twin that didn't happen either. What they found was that, uh, the twins who were discordant for marijuana use, that is one was a user, one wasn't had parallel IQ trajectories. This finding suggests this is night is right up. This finding suggests that the twins IQ was affected by factors that twins share in their genes or family background rather than factors in which they differed. For example, drug use. They suggest that the family environment and their genetic environment 
leads to both their use of marijuana and the lower IQ. Not necessarily that the marijuana caused the lower IQ. Now, this is from National Institutes of Drug Abuse, and it completely pokes a hole in all of Kevin Sabet's fear-mongering that you're going to lose eight points of IQ if you smoke pot. Is it getting chilly in here, or are you wearing an anatomically correct bra? <laughs> oh, I miss Phil Hartman. Happy 420 to all our friends in the Mountain Time Zone, including you, dear listener, in Orem, Utah. I know you're listening in Utah. We're going to get it legal there, too. This might take us a little longer. We're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we've got my speech from the Boston Freedom Rally for you. Yes, on question four. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, more flavor. Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You know about this podcast. What I really want to do from now on is to solve world problems. I feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how we can save this planet. The Tommy Chong Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I beat China all the time. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Marijuana legalization is a worldwide phenomenon. Get yourself positioned for the global cannabis marketplace by attending the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You'll learn from established cannabis professionals, elected officials, and internationally recognized marijuana law reform activists. You'll also enjoy the ICBC's famous VIP party featuring ICBC special guest speaker and Canadian native Tommy Chong. The ICBC is happening in Vancouver on Thursday and Friday, October 13th and 14th at the Hyatt Regency. Log on to internationalcbc.com today to reserve your tickets. That's internationalcbc.com and bookmark our page for the next ICBCs taking place in Berlin, Germany and San Francisco, California. Don't miss the International Cannabis Business Conference, internationalcbc.com. Activism begins with ACT. The Rush Belleville Show features the stories of hardworking grassroots activists working for an end to prohibition in today's activist agenda. Here's my speech from the gazebo stage Sunday at the Boston Freedom Rally. All right. 
Without any further ado, I'm going to bring up our next dude. This guy has been an activist and speaker, um, radio um, personality. He's known as Radical Russ. Or Radical Russ, I'm sorry. Give him some love, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Radical Russ! Thank you so much. Hello, Boston Freedom Rally. My name is Radical Russ Belleville. I'm from Portland, Oregon, where marijuana is legal. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm so excited for you guys to get the chance to vote yes on question four to get your own legal marijuana. But you know, some people out there don't think it's legal enough. They're like, oh, it's only an ounce. It's only a few plants, that's not enough. Let me tell you, from experience, everything changes when you legalize an ounce of marijuana. First thing that happens is they retire the pot-sniffing drug dogs. They have to retire these dogs because once marijuana is legal, sniffing marijuana doesn't mean there's a crime. They can't smell the difference between a gram and a pound. So they get rid of the drug dogs. They get rid of all these excuses cops get to use to abuse your rights. Oh, I smell marijuana. Oh, I see some flakes of weed on your shirt. Oh, you've got a, a, a high times in your uh, on your coffee table. All these excuses they use to abuse your rights go away. And this means that we see a significant reduction in marijuana arrests, and not just for what you legalize. In the state of Colorado, after they legalized, there was an 80% reduction from the year before legalization to the year after legalization in all marijuana charges. Not just the less than an ounce, not just the, the less than six plants, but all of them. For people that were trafficking pounds, people that were growing dozens and dozens of plants, those charges went away. Four out of five charges went away because all that probable cause trick they get to use went away. All the easy tricks the cops get to use went away. In Washington State, the reduction was 63%, and that's because Washington State doesn't have home growth. But still, almost two out of three arrests went away for all marijuana crimes just by legalizing an ounce. In the state of Oregon, we do not have a marijuana possession felony. You can have six pounds in your car and it's just a misdemeanor. We recently had a story of a man that was caught with over 200 plants in his backyard. The cops showed up, took 196 of them, and left him the four plants he's allowed to legally have. No charges, no arrests. Just, I'm sorry, sir, that's too many plants. We're going to take the excess. Have a nice day. That's how much legalization can change your world. But from my perspective, the number one thing, I mean, they talk about we bring in tens and 20 and $30 million in tax revenue per month. They talk about how many jobs we've created. They talk about how there's this economic boom in all the legalization states. To me, as a marijuana consumer for the past 20, 21, 26 years, the number one thing to me about Oregon legalizing marijuana is the price crashes. How much you folks spend in here, allegedly, hypothetically, for a half ounce of top shelf cannabis? How much? Yeah, a lot of money, right? Boston, pretty spending, trying to buy yourself top shelf the other day I went and bought Durban Poison, 23.12% THC, half ounce, $75 for a half ounce. $75 for a half ounce of the best quality, top of the world cannabis you can buy, 
75 bucks. And that was with the taxes. That's with taxes included. So not only did I get the best possible price on cannabis, but I also did some good for the community by my tax money helping out the schools, helping out the, yeah, the rest of the government. This is what legalization can do for you. You've got this opportunity with question four to pass it. And don't think that it's a slam dunk. It's gonna to be tough here in Massachusetts. We need every single vote we can get because while I'm enjoying legal cannabis in the state of Oregon after 2014, in 2012 we had it on the ballot and we lost. We lost in 2012 while Washington and Colorado passed it. And there was no worse feeling in the world than the next day knowing that the people in the state right next to me were legal and I was still a criminal. Don't let Maine pass their legalization and leave Massachusetts in the dust. I don't want to see you guys having to drive all the way to Portland or to Bangor or wherever the hell you're going to be able to get your legal weed in Maine. Let's legalize it right here in Massachusetts. What do you say? Vote yes on question four, right? I'm Radical Russ Belville. I'm with CannabisRadio.com. And on election night, we're going to have live coverage. Did you know there's nine states voting on marijuana reform? Nine states. Five for legalization, California, Massachusetts, Maine, Arizona, and Nevada. Four for medical marijuana, Florida, Arkansas, North Dakota, and Montana. I'm going to have coverage of all nine of them. Six hours of coverage starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Election Day. CannabisRadio.com, all live. Live reporters from every state will be the first to tell you who legalizes and when. And I hope I get to say that question four passed in Massachusetts. I'm Radical Russ, Cannabis Radio. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Have a good Freedom Rally and a happy Stony Sunday, everybody. Great time at the Boston Freedom Rally. And this time for the gazebo, they actually set up a real stage. Those of you who've been to the Freedom Rally in years past know the gazebo as this uh, permanent structure there uh, in the Boston Common. And it's kind of got some stairs and some columns, and it's not really amenable to speakers and bands. Well, they, they changed that. They changed that now, and they put a real stage in front of it. So it was a lot of fun to be able to speak on that uh, for the first time. All right, stay tuned. We've got more in our Marijuana Election Night 2016 previews coming up for you. We're going to speak with Jeff Krause out in Montana. He's the treasurer of the Yes on 182 campaign to restore Montana medical marijuana. That's coming up next. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. 
For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I opted for convenience to use my personal email account. Okay, maybe you're high too. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. You're listening to Cannabis Radio News' exclusive coverage of Vote 2016, The Path to Cannabis Freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. Time for us to take another look at the upcoming Marijuana Election Night 2016. And joining us to discuss it, we've got Jeff Krause. He's the treasurer of the Yes on 182 campaign in the great state of Montana. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hello, Jeff. Can we do we have you there? Jeff, do we have you? Can you hear us okay? Somehow we're not able to get uh, Jeff on the line. Let me see if I've got a problem in our connection that I can quickly fix. How about now, Jeff? Can you hear us okay? I can hear you. Oh, there we go. Just had to find the right button to push, and it's all there. Glad to have you here. Thanks for being here on short notice. We appreciate it, and uh, we're really uh, interested in what's going on in the state of Montana. Uh, let's fill folks in on what's been happening. I mean, Montana passed medical marijuana, and it grew into a program with 30,000 or so patients and whole thousands of caregivers taking care of them, but it's all gone to hell since then. Can you fill folks in on Initiative 182 and the problem it's trying to solve? Yes, I can do that. So in 2004, right, 12 years ago now, 64% of Montana voters passed an initiative, I-148, creating the medical marijuana program in the state of Montana. And in 2011, the Montana legislature passed um, essentially what amounts to prohibition again. Um, It was designed to make medical marijuana fail. Essentially what it says is, um, you know, you... Uh, you have the opportunity, um, sick person, to grow your own plant. And, uh, or maybe the person that takes care of you can grow some plants for you. And having had cancer, I can tell you, I, you know, I couldn't eat um, uh, raw fruit, much less get my hands in dirt and grow marijuana for myself. I couldn't, couldn't uh, I had to be helped to the bathroom, you know, so... Uh, you know, we, it's, it's like telling people you got to grow your own moldy bread and make your own penicillin. That's essentially what 423 did. It's de facto uh, prohibition, and, it, and when it went into effect August 31st, it uh, it, it made criminals out of 12,000 sick people. So yeah. um, we, uh, in 58 days, we got this um, I-182 uh, qualified um, for the ballot. It 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 um, it does it, it reverses almost everything that 423 did, and yet at the same time, I think it um, 
it does two things. It broadens some of the reasons, particularly access for veterans and people suffering from PTSD, uh, but it also provides a lot of accountability in that uh, um, it allows for product testing in a certified lab and it creates licensing fees and um, and then it requires providers to have licenses and receive yearly inspections. So it puts some additional sideboards on the medical marijuana program. And, and, I, and I have to say that, you know, it got a little crazy up here after medical marijuana was uh, approved and we had cannabis caravans and and I think it did uh, get a little crazy. I was the mayor of Bozeman at the time and, and we were trying to figure out... Uh, what to do about this to try to make sure it was a responsible medical marijuana program and not turn into little Amsterdam. And, uh, and we did a very successful job of it. I think a lot of the what's going on is coming out of Bozeman because we, because it was so successful here. And what people found, of course, is that they knew sick people who, who got relief either you know, it was their parents who had cancer or something, you know, some chronic pain that, that got relief or it was someone they knew or it was them themselves that uh, um, found relief. And, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, um, they, I think many Montanans see how ridiculous this new law is. And, um, and we're hoping to get it passed um, come November. Well, that, that's good news. At issue here, of course, is the uh, Montana Medical Marijuana Program, which had evolved uh, through caregiving to uh, create storefront dispensaries, which for many people, like you mentioned, somebody who's, on, who's uh, suffering from cancer doesn't have the, uh, the uh, energy necessary to be able to cultivate plants, harvest them, cure them trim them, all of that. So dispensaries had kind of come into existence. And this, uh, this brought the ire of the, of the legislature that thought that wasn't, you know, storefront sales of, of marijuana wasn't something that was supposed to be part of medical marijuana. Now, you had a chance to overturn this with an initiated veto referendum, but it failed. Can you, can you explain why that failed and why, why or why not that's a problem for passing this Initiative 182? Well, we, we, um, I, I believe, um, you know, I, I, I don't remember that. What I remember is we tried to get it, um, th- we tried to get the Supreme Court to overturn the law. Um, claim, you know, essentially, I think, claiming that what it said it was doing wasn't what it was doing. It was really reversing the initiative, not going in and making, it was making so many changes that the original initiative uh, wasn't uh, uh, um, effective anymore, and and the Supreme Court, only the uh, Supreme Court justice from Bozeman is the only one that disagreed um, that it was okay, and so we lost in court. And I think that um, that was our last throw. Is is that this is this is the initiative to overturn 423, and it's uh, um, you know it's got a lot of support from different legislators and me. Um, Former Mayor Bozeman, uh, three-time Mayor Bozeman, current commissioner, and um, and I think you know we we see um, that um, people ha- 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 people understand why this is good for sick people, and they don't want to make criminals of sick people. Um, they're 
And I think that uh, there's a disconnect between the legislature and the people of Bozeman on this subject. And, and having gone to the legislature and testified, look, I was um, the the program that we passed at the city council was pretty tough. We limited the number of uh, of um, um, sh- shops with providers. We uh, sort of by population. Um, we 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 use zoning laws to put them only in um, uh, um, manufacturing zones and not in entryway corridors. Kept them from schools. Uh, you know, we didn't allow medical marijuana smoking in public or in public places or bars or anything like that. So, um, you know, we put a lot of controls in place, and then we have a robust. Uh, um, no um, off-site advertising. So there's not a lot of billboards in Bozeman, in fact, almost none. And so, you know, we didn't see um, um, medical marijuana dispensary um, advertising the way maybe some other cities did, but we controlled it. And as a result, um, it, it became a, a, a program that people learned they could live with, and they also found out that it helps people. And so we have a lot of support for this initiative in this area. And it's not just coming from the big, the big college here at Montana State University. It's, um, you know, all of us boomer, baby boomers and, and everyone else who thought it's about time. Um, we all know, I think, that uh, if you're growing three plants at a time, you're never going to be able to do the kind of, of scientific design and discovery that allows for uh, some of the the products that have come on the market that treat epilepsy or MS or um, you know the the Parkinson's, some of the stuff that's uh, that's come out that you've seen in Colorado, right? That that really is working on any number of diseases, and and uh, you know I, I I don't think it's um, uh, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that voters have seen how it can work. And um, that it can, it, it doesn't necessarily, it won't be abused as much as alcohol or tobacco or fast food or you name it, opioids or anything else. It's no more subject to abuse than any of that. So I think they get it. And it's just up to us to make the case. We have some opposition. Um, they put up a bunch of billboards, uh, no pot shops, I think you see all around. And so, and they are well-funded by one auto dealer, and so we have to um, be aggressive in getting the word out here in Montana. So the uh, just to be clear, uh, we're speaking with Jeff Krause, the former mayor of Bozeman and the treasurer of the Yes on 182 campaign in Montana. Uh, so you saying that the, uh, the considerations that you put into the program in Bozeman have been adopted by Initiative 182? No, they haven't been, but it's just what worked here. And it, 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 this idea that you have to have draconian, um, essentially, prohibition that was proposed by 423 to make um, this work for the dispensaries and for the patients is ridiculous. You don't have to have those controls. Gotcha. Um, you can uh, put a series of moderate controls in that really does work. Um, for people who are uninterested in, in this product, and yet it also works for the dispensaries and it works for the um, the patients as well. So this, uh, it would appear then the idea is that with medical marijuana as it initially unfolded in Montana, it may have swung a little too far to the 
to the uh, liberal side, using that in the classic sense of being free and open. Uh, then with 423, yeah. swung too far back to the conservative side in the sense of being too restrictive. And now with 182, we might have the Goldilocks solution of medical marijuana being just right in Montana. I believe so. I think uh, I really believe in this initiative, and uh, you know, I wouldn't be putting my name on every sign and advertisement that goes up if I didn't. But but more importantly, I believe that uh, sick people get help from this product. And uh, yeah, I was as cynical as anybody else, thinking there'd be a whole lot of people on the ski hill, eighteen to twenty-three, with chronic headaches. You know, mm. and uh, and. And we had a series of charrettes, a series of meetings um, while we were working on our laws in Bozeman. And I met dozens and dozens of people and then uh, and heard dozens of other stories about other people who were sick and got help from this pro- these products. And, and, you know, you just can't ignore that kind of anecdotal evidence. So now I think Montanans either know somebody that's been helped or know a number of people that have been helped, or they've been helped themselves, and um, they're ready to reject what the legislature served up to us. Well, let's hope so. We'll be bringing the coverage on Marijuana Election Night 2016 live here on CannabisRadio.com, and we hope to report that Montana's Initiative 182 passes with flying colors. Uh, Jeff Krause, uh, before we let you go, uh, could you give our listeners some uh, resources, online, contacts, Facebook, anything like that they could use to help support the campaign? Yes, uh, just go to Yes on 182, and uh, let's see, you know, I... I think that's the best way to go. Um, it's on Facebook, and of course, it's on. All you got to do is Google "Yes on 182," and you'll find us there. So um, we have plenty of information and, and other people there, um, uh, other in, uh, information and ways to um, uh, get excited about this. Um, that's the best thing I can tell you. All right, folks, it's Yes on 182 on Facebook, also at Yes on 182 on Twitter. Jeff Krause is the treasurer of the organization fighting to bring a sensible medical marijuana program back to the state of Montana. Jeff, we thank you for your time and uh, good luck in the election. Think about the patients. Absolutely. That's what I ask people to do. Think about the patients. Thank you so much for your effort. Thank you. All right, and uh, Montana's vote coming up on November 8th, Initiative 182, would uh, explicitly allow for dispensaries. It would remove auditing of doctors who recommend for more than 25 patients, and it would add post-traumatic stress to the list of qualifying conditions for medical cannabis in Montana. Vote yes on 182. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with our High on Sports segment featuring former NFL player Boo Williams. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. 
Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your Canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company, financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. I give you Jasmine Huff. Tell us a little bit about Jasmine. Give us the good news about how you've gotten to where you are today. Like all good children, I rejected my parents' values and and ran off to become a capitalist in New York City and did a lot of work with an organization called Women 2.0. Looking at the cannabis industry, I said, you know what? Here we have a brand new industry. It's going to be a billion dollar industry. And the rules of who leads this industry and who funds this industry haven't been written yet. Good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I am a round peg in a square hole. Okay, maybe you're high too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Marijuana has long been defined as a banned substance for athletes in almost every field of competition. But as emerging research continues to show the health benefits of cannabis over traditional sports medicine, more athletes are calling for cannabis tolerance in this edition of High on Sports. Today in the High on Sports segment, I want to take just a moment to pause uh, and reflect on the latest police shooting that we've had to endure in this country, the shooting of Terrence Crutcher in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I bring this up partially because... I'll be ranting about it in the next hour more fully, but partially to discuss the uh, protests that's been going on in the NFL by uh, Colin Kaepernick and others who are who are taking a knee during the national anthem. Uh, this has spread to some colleges and high schools as well, and uh, even some coaches uh, in those venues are getting involved. And it's a controversial stance. Uh, Kaepernick says he can't uh, salute the anthem of a country that allows black people to continue, unarmed black people, to continue to be killed by police with impunity. And it's a tough issue. We'll talk more about it in hour two. But just to go off into this interview with Boo Williams, a former tight end for the New Orleans Saints, I wanted to play for you the Star Spangled Banner as performed by an electric guitarist at Boston Freedom Rally. Hey, 
Good day, tokers and tokens and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here, day two of the 27th annual Boston Freedom Rally. We're here backstage at the main stage with Boo Williams. Played, what was it, five, six seasons in the NFL? I, I, I played six, man. I played yeah. six, with, uh, six with the New Orleans Saints. Right on, New Orleans Saints. And uh, you were up on stage emceeing, made a couple references to your NFL career and how the players now are recognizing cannabis as something that can be very beneficial for the head trauma. Give give folks a little taste of what you're telling the folks. Man, the thing is with us athletes, we go through things that most people really don't understand what we go through. You know, we're all beat up and battered, and uh, we just need a little bit of relief. We really don't want to take the pharmaceutical way, but the only way, you know, they force us to do is the pharmaceutical way. So we're looking for more holistic, you know, uh, treatment, and cannabis is the, really the only way to go. Because if you look at it, you know, athletes are coming up every other day we're being tested for marijuana. But it, what people really didn't know was uh, only two sports that test for marijuana and publicly release your name is basketball and football. Yeah. But Major League Baseball and hockey and soccer, they don't expose your name or don't test for marijuana. Wow, that's fantastic news that we get to get these other sports leagues uh, example followed to the NFL and the NBA, which yeah. is a good idea here. You know, it's it's always strikes me as funny. You know, we see these headlines of guys like Josh Gordon, you know, being sat out a season, gets reduced to 10 games. Von Miller, Super Bowl 50 MVP, had to sit out four or six games. What do you think of the NFL's attitude toward this, and when are they going to change? Man, I think the NFL attitude towards uh, – uh athletes using cannabis is, is really in a negative way because if they really look at it we really use it to medicate you know we go home we really we, we, we need it to stop all the the fast thinking that that's going on throughout our day we want to be able to stop slow down and be able to process what's going on and cannabis really helps us in that way because we're usually going 100 miles per hour every day and you're being taught to not think only just react so sometimes you need that little cannabis to help you sit back, think, analyze things so you can be able to have a nice life. So not just a painkiller or against concussions, but also the mental aspect the of mental, it. Because the mental. Being slow things down. Yes, the mental aspect. And that's the thing that we want to do the most is slow down so we can be able to soak things in. Like this great cannabis freedom rally that we're Hell at. Yeah. You know, this is things that you soak up. And you go places like this, and you really uh, you look at things like this, and you say, man, wow, this is something that's special. But when you're playing professional sports, you're going so fast, you don't even get a chance to even uh, enjoy things like this. You know, people are getting more and more aware of the concussion issue and the CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Eugene Monroe from the Ravens just retired after seven years and asked if he'd let his son play football. He's like, I don't know anymore. Do you worry about the future of football as people get more aware of this? And do you think cannabis could save football? Man, you know what? Um, I, I say the same thing. You know, I talk to Eugene on a daily basis. Me and him are great friends. And um, I say the same thing. I don't know if I'm going to let my son play. Because, uh, you know, the game is it's way much different than when we played it. It's a, it's a lot much safer. But at the same time, you have kids that are, that are bigger than me crashing into each other like cars. Yeah. So there's really no in you know really way to, to end all the, 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 the injuries that go on. But the thing is if, if we put our kids in some different sports like basketball, like golf, like baseball, some of these sports that are not contact sports, you know, we might be able to save some lives. And then just like my slogan says on my, my shirt, saving lives and changing minds. Yeah, people gotta realize that a that a Cam Newton or a Ben Roethlisberger quarterback size now is what <laughs> offensive linemen used to be back in the day so yeah. it's 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 increased the speed and the size 
the mass, the collisions. It's just a, a whole different sport. Do you think there's things the NFL can do? I mean, I hear some old school guys say, go back to the leather helmets. What do you think of that? <laughs> Man, you know what? You cannot go back to the leather helmets. But you know what? I know some teams that are really taking this real, this tactic and they're running off with it. They're really bringing in rugby players to come and teach NFL guys how to tackle. Yeah. Because if you notice, rugby guys don't tackle with their head. Hell no. They tackle with their shoulders, and yeah. they're very good at it. So they're bringing a lot of guys to show these guys different way of, of, of tackling. But at the same time, when we're going at 100 miles per hour at opposite directions, you know, when we crash into each other, that's just something that just happens. Boo Williams, you got Booberry Cares on yes. your shirt here. Tell folks about Booberry. Man, Booberry Cares is my new athletic CBD line. I'm coming out with the rub, I'm coming out with the vape pen and the oil, and I'm coming out with CBD water, flavored water. So uh, this is, and, and it's also a brand that's heavily committed in the community. Uh, we're also on a tour right now. Uh, we're stopping in at the, the, the Freedom Rally, and I'm hosting, and this is kicking off the Booberry Cares tour. So from here, we're leaving to go into New York, and we're doing a lot of community service along the way. Children's hospitals, homeless shelters, and things of that nature. It's Booberry, but bear spelled like a teddy bear, right? Boo, B-E-A-R-Y, and Booberry Cares. Is there a website, Facebook, that kind of stuff? Um, yes, you can go to our Facebook page, or you can just type in on Google. You can type in Booberry Cares, and everything will come up right under that. I'm just really blessed to be in a position where I can be manufacturing my own products and having the first athletic line that's out. And I'm um, hoping that, you know, the things, you know, that we're doing rubs off on America and, and, and other people to where they can get out in the community, use that stage that you have, and, and, and change others' lives. Boo Williams, thanks for speaking out and, uh, you know, trying to get some uh, care to the players. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm just having a great time at the rally. And uh, like I said. Well, there's Boo Williams, former New Orleans Saints, with his new sports cannabis line. And uh, got to be at least the fourth athlete I've talked to now. Marvin Washington and uh, Leslie uh, Robinson and, of course, uh, Cliff Robinson, all coming out with these different athletic cannabis lines and couldn't be more excited about that. People are paying attention to all the celebrities jumping into this, and uh, maybe they're missing all these uh, sports heroes that are jumping into this. Could change people's minds a lot quicker. Well, folks, that's all the time we got for Hour 1, but stay tuned. Hour 2 is next. Toker Talk Radio. Phone lines are open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 534-2565. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ, live in Portland. And until next time, take care of each other, Tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people?
on dope. Or you can tell. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the enema man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of Gonta graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. It's time for Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio. Pay no attention to the intro theme song. We got a different phone number. Our phone number now is 650-LEGAL-MJ. 650-534-2565. I still don't have it memorized. I have to look down at my little post-it note. 650-534-2565. That's 650-LEGAL-MJ. All sorts of things happening here in Radical Rust World. I've been confirmed. I got the pay. I got the the check already. Uh, I have been confirmed for a presentation, supposedly a Alma debate, on Wednesday, October 5th at 11 a.m. Pacific time at the steps of the California State House. So far, it appears to be myself and... Dale Schaefer, the attorney who was imprisoned five years for his medical marijuana operation, against supposedly Letitia Pepper and Kevin Saunders uh, debating on this. So it's stoners against legalization against me and uh, Dale coming up on Wednesday, October 5th. We'll uh, we'll stream it live. We'll see if we can stream it live. It's outdoors and I'll be dependent on uh, the cell towers, but we will try to stream it live for you. And uh, I've already gotten some concern from uh, some high-ranking people that uh, aren't too happy about the fact that this is going on at all, (laughs) and number two, that I'd uh, be a part of it. But you know me, folks. I will debate anywhere, anytime, anywhere on the issue of marijuana legalization, and that includes people who are against it because they don't think it's good enough. And I think this is something that needs to be talked about because I want to see as big a win for marijuana legalization as possible. I want huge numbers, the kind of numbers that dissuade the prohibitionists from thinking that legalization uh, isn't inevitable, that uh, convince them that they need to get on the bandwagon for reform rather than continuing to oppose something that... uh, is going to happen. So uh, that's Wednesday, October 5th. We'll uh, bring you more details as I know them. And uh, also, uh, 
Coming up in this hour, we've got more on the Massachusetts Question 4 with one of the leading proponents, Dick Evans from the Yes on 4 campaign, joined us at the Boston Freedom Rally. And uh, we got a quick uh, aside with uh, Mike Connolly, who's going to be a new state rep there in Massachusetts, who was very pro Question 4. We've also got uh, Mike Can and Mike Connolly on the stage and Chris Goldstein in his return from federal probation, uh, federal probation to his first freedom rally in what, three years, two years, something like that. And we'll also have uh, time for a radical rant. I'm going to go off on this uh, Terrence Crutcher case, this latest shooting on video of an unarmed black man with his hands up. Shot and killed by a deputy while there was three other deputies there as well. All caught on two different video angles, one from a helicopter, one from a dash cam. And we're going to talk a little bit about how this is tied into the war on drugs and how it's inevitably tied into the war on drugs. That's all coming up here in Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio. Plus, we'll take your calls at 650-LEGAL-MJ if you've got comments or questions about the wide world of weed. We're here to answer them for you. Oh, my goodness. We're getting ready for the marijuana election night. The hashtag is registered, MJ Election Night. Hashtag MJ Election Night. Follow that for the latest breaking returns and our coverage Tuesday, November 8th, live from Los Angeles, California. Looks like we'll be tied in with a few of the TV stations as well. Oh, my God. I'm getting nervous about this. Hang tight. We're back with Dick Evans on Question 4. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you life yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show. St. Paul's doing good work. It's my Greg, you're a prune tang. If I can use a medical term. Yes. <laughs> the New England Medical Journal. Oh, my That's God. That's right. Uh, you can call me Dr. St. Paul now. Dr. St. Paul. I don't think I will. No. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even qualify to be a vet. Oh, I'm a special kind of vet. I'll make him less lonely. The Stoner Jesus Show. Live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Each year on my birthday, every American gets a cupcake. Okay. Maybe you're high, too.
marijuana legalization is a worldwide phenomenon. Get yourself positioned for the global cannabis marketplace by attending the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You'll learn from established cannabis professionals, elected officials, and internationally recognized marijuana law reform activists. You'll also enjoy the ICBC's famous VIP party featuring ICBC special guest speaker and Canadian native Tommy Chong. The ICBC is happening in Vancouver on Thursday and Friday, October 13th and 14th at the Hyatt Regency. Log on to internationalcbc.com today to reserve your tickets. That's internationalcbc.com and bookmark our page for the next ICBCs taking place in Berlin, Germany and San Francisco, California. Don't miss the International Cannabis Business Conference, internationalcbc.com. Pod 2.0. It's not your father's Woodstock weed. <laughs> this is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, folks. It's so good to be back here in Portland. I, I got to tell you, every time I go to the East Coast, I forget that they have smaller personal space bubbles. Man, they'll get right up next to you and talk to you. It's like, whoa, hey, hello. <laughs> Had a good time. I got, I got a Charlie card now to add to my Metro Transit card collection. That's a nice thing. We also got to run into Dick Evans from the Yes on Question 4 campaign there in Massachusetts. They're trying to legalize marijuana. And while we were speaking to Dick, we also got to speak to a soon-to-be newly elected state representative. So enjoy this from Boston. Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here at the 27th annual Boston Freedom Rally on the Boston Common. We are here supporting Question 4 in Massachusetts, the legalization of marijuana. And joining us here from the Yes on 4 campaign, we've got none other than Dick Evans. Dick, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Russ. Uh, welcome to Massachusetts and welcome to your listeners. Yes, it's great to be back here. It's a beautiful sunny day. And uh, we're kind of going for the hat trick here. 2008, Massachusetts got decrim. 2012 got medical, working on legal here for 2016. How's the state of affairs here in Massachusetts? Look like a pass here? We've come a long way, but it's not a slam dunk by any means. Uh, the, the hard, hard work that's been done by activists and organizers over many decades, I think, is in, uh, starting to pay off. Uh, we, as, you, as you pointed out, we were we were the voters of Massachusetts, like the voters of many other states, uh, uh, totally exacerbated over the uh, refusal of the legislature to, to move on this issue over decades. Uh, finally, took it in, uh, to, uh, within their own hands in 2008 here in Massachusetts, of course, in 2000 in Colorado. Uh, and that's why they call it an initiative. The voters of Massachusetts in 2008 took the initiative to enact the decrim law by a vote of 68%, which was remarkable. Unfortunately, the legislature didn't seem to notice, and they ducked the issue. I always like to say that I know, I know what every politician wants when it comes to marijuana, and that is to change the subject. <laughs> well, it happened again in 2012. Uh, again, exasperated by the failure of the government to act, by the abdication, you might say, of the policymakers to make policy, the voters t- took it up uh, uh, and enacted a medical marijuana law in 2012. 
again passed by a vote of 65 percent. Did the uh, did the legislature take note of that uh, vote? Apparently not. Let me take. Can I tell you a funny story? Sure, sure. A couple of days after that election, I was in the green room of a uh, of a TV station in Springfield, and, uh, ha- and also in the room was a state rep and a uh, state senator. They were there on a, for something else, but. We were chatting, and I said, I asked each of them, I said, how did the medical marijuana initiative do in your district? And you know what they told me? Hmm. Each of them said, you know, that's a good question. I should probably know. Oh. <laughs> Had no idea. I was appalled. Yeah. It's just blown away by the fact that they these are politicians. They had not bothered to read the election returns in their own district. And it, I thought about it for a long time, and I was telling that story to somebody. And my friend said, well, why should they bother? And he was right. The point being that for decades, conventional political wisdom means you don't, not only do you not talk about marijuana, not only do you not entertain the word in your vocabulary, but you don't even educate yourself about it. You are, it's what you might call mandated ignorance. (laughs) That's part of conventional wisdom because conventional wisdom of marijuana is the third rail rule, of course, that if you talk seriously and maturely and like a grown-up about this topic, then you will be deemed soft on drugs in the next election and you'll lose. And that may have been valid for a long time, but it ain't any more, frankly. And I, I defy anybody to tell me, and I've been asking this question, how many politicians do you know who have lost an election because they uh, supported marijuana law reform? I don't know any. And you heard the fellow uh, that just spoke on the yeah. stage here, uh, Mike Connolly, a remarkable accomplishment. Echoing, by the way, what uh, Congressman O'Rourke did in Texas about eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. Anyway, getting back to Massachusetts. In 2008, when when the voters took the initiative to enact decrim, there wasn't much uh, opposition, sort of token opposition by the law enforcement types. And in 2012, medical, again, you know, the the medical establishment opposed it, but, but, uh, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, Now, this is 2016. Things are different this year. We've got serious, organized opposition, led by the governor and the attorney general and the mayor of Boston, Mayor uh, uh, Walsh. Uh, and and uh, they've put together an organization, and they are very diligently doing what campaigns need to do to win or, 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 or defeat a, a measure on, on the ballot. They have gained endorsements from the medical establishment, certainly from the law enforcement establishment, from the you know the conventional establishment, basically. Um, and they've raised a lot of money. Uh, not surprisingly, some of their money comes from big alcohol. Sure. Yeah, and uh, they've. Uh, trumpeted the support that they've gained. This is the, we're talking about the support to defeat the legalization initiative here. They've trumpeted that support um, um, from uh, CEOs of big healthcare uh, organizations. And we we recently had something something happen here in Massachusetts, which I, I think is in the campaign, which is really interesting, and, and, and it's a very serious thing. If there's any public health crisis facing us today, it certainly isn't marijuana, it's the opioid overdose crisis. And the fact is that there is emerging body of science, as well as a huge emerging body of anecdotal evidence, that medical marijuana can be a useful tool 
in the fight against opioid dependence. Now, anybody can read the research. If you, you know, it's not hard to find. Right. So I'm, I'm not saying that medical marijuana is the a panacea or the solution to the medical opioid uh, overdose, overdose epidemic. But I'm saying that it's hard to understand how public officials could turn their back on the prospect that this could be a very useful tool in this really, really important and timely struggle. And, and you know, after medical marijuana was passed in 2012, uh, one of the first things the Department of Public Health did, they're the agency that was tasked with uh, implementing the law, they went around the state holding he- uh, listening sessions and invited anybody to come and you know, sit and talk for three minutes. And I went to several of them, and I was blown away at how many uh, uh, citizens came in and talked about their use of medical marijuana, or I should say their use of marijuana medically, yeah. for... Um, uh, uh, sure. Uh, Howdy. Hi, <laughs> Representative. Nice to see you, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Watch your headphones. <laughs> We're taking a quick quick break here with Dick Evans. He's got the uh, uh, the representative, newly elected representative, walking by. Maybe I can get a quick quick say. Hi, uh, Russ Bello from Cannabis Radio. Just wanted to congratulate you on your win. Oh, thank you so much. And and what was it like trying to run against somebody in this race when marijuana became such an issue? You know, I, I think there were a lot of issues. This was one of them, and. Um, it was it was a real vigorous campaign. You yeah, know? is this your first time in in politics, trying to get involved? Um, no, I, I ran for city council last year in Cambridge and came pretty close, yeah. and so decided to run uh, for many of the same reasons. Well, real quick, so our audience knows, give them your name and your district and how they can get in touch. Sure, with you. thank you. Uh, my name is Mike Connolly. I'm a Democrat. I just won the primary in the 26th Middlesex district, which is Cambridge and Somerville, and. Um, I'll be the only name on the ballot in November. Fantastic. Glad so, to hear it. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm also I'm here today to say yes on question four. Right on. Certainly, uh, you know, I think it's time that we move away from the war on drugs and, and, uh, and have a sensible drug policy and, and especially time to focus even more on treating uh, those who are suffering with the heroin and opioid uh, epidemic right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, so glad to have you there in the legislature, uh, sticking up for truth and, and justice and passing legalization. That's great news. Absolutely. Good luck in your career, and thank you so much for giving us a little bit of time. Thank you so much for a having busy me. Day. Have Look. a great day. Take care. Russ, it's great of you to come to Boston. Great of you to give uh, us this opportunity to reach out to the, to the people of Massachusetts. Yeah. And urge your support for this initiative. It's absolutely incredible that they register to vote that they encourage everybody they know, everybody to vote because the opposition this year makes a big difference. Go Google Yes on 4, Google uh, Initiative Massachusetts Marijuana 2016, easy to find, go to the campaign's website, sign up, contribute some money, put your name on the list, get get a a bumper sticker, get a yard sign, do what you can. Don't let this opportunity don't go by, and don't wake up on the morning of November 9th. This is my nightmare scenario. So I wake up on the morning of November 9th after the election, and we fail. And I ask myself, what could I have done that I didn't? I don't want that to happen. I've I've lived that nightmare in Oregon, 2012, when Washington and Colorado were passing, and Oregon was failing. So I know how you how that could feel. Oh, it must have been hard. It's not good, but we fixed it two years after. <laughs>
All right. It's 420 here in the Pacific Time Zone. That means we've got to take our union-mandated safety break. When we return, we've got more from the Boston Freedom Rally. Mike Can, Mike Connolly, and the return of Chris Goldstein from Federal Probation. Plus, stay tuned. In the next segment after that, we've got our radical rant on the Terrence Crutcher case in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Being green is good. Growing green is good. Making green is great. CannabisRadio.com While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Pod 2.0. It's not your father's Woodstock weed. <laughs> this is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back and we're feeling much safer. Good to be back from Boston. I like visiting Boston, but sometimes the humidity gets to me. The whole East Coast just, I get past the Rocky Mountains and humidity just kicks my ass. <laughs> so it's not just Boston. It's the same. I, I make the same complaint in Texas or Georgia or wherever else I'm going. But it's good to see all the uh, regular Canna fam, the East Coast Canna fam out there. Kara, she's, uh, she's got a baby on the way and still made her way up to the stage to speak. We'll have that speech coming up uh, later in the week. Kara Crab Burnham. And uh, others, uh, we have other activists that we'll uh, hear from as well that spoke at the Boston Freedom Rally. And if you're fans of the Herb Thrasher Flower Hour, you can tune in uh, this Friday and you'll get to hear my interview with Dave Tree, uh, the legendary punk rocker out of Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, You may know him from his hit song, God Grows Grass. And uh, we'll play that at Herb's show uh, this Friday on 420radio.org. That's the uh, that's the music station here on CannabisRadio.com. We're the talk station. If you like uh, the music, if you want to hear weed-related rock and metal, you can catch it on 420radio.org. 
Boston Freedom Rally was a big success. It was as packed as I can ever remember it being. I think this is the sixth time I've been, maybe the fifth. Um, and it was just packed. Uh, Sunday, of course, the headliners on the main stage were Method Man and Red Man. So the place was just jumping and just packed to the gills with people. I had a media pass, so I got to be in that little uh, that little pit between the, the crowd and the stage. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, some, some of my pictures up on my uh, Instagram feed at Radical Russ, you can check out just how large that crowd was. It was an amazing show. Not ex- not my uh, not exactly my musical cup of tea. Method and Red, they're fine as far as you know hip hop artists go, but not you know in my pantheon of hip hop artists that you know in- includes Tupac and you know Digital Underground and uh, Public Enemy and I guess I'm a little old school I-, I guess showing my age, but it was a good show, great show. There was a lot of great bands there. There was one called um, uh, uh, The House on Cliff kind of a funky hard rock band i really liked them there was a, a rapper named Alyssa marie uh who was great she was a great rapper and had a live band backing her so i really appreciated that you know great kind of rock rap feel that she had going on a uh, lot of great speakers as well and just booths everywhere everywhere just glass vendors and t-shirt vendors and just everybody hawking everything all sorts of carnival food as well and hopefully it's the last Boston Freedom Rally that will occur under prohibition. And if you want to read more about it, you can go to my Radical Rant column. It's up now at hightimes.com in the culture section every Tuesday and Friday. And uh, I reminisce a little bit more about the Boston Freedom Rally and how there was a lack of stoners against legalization there. Find out why at hightimes.com in the Radical Rant column. All right, more highlights from Boston Freedom Rally. Mike Can, Mike Crawford from the Young Jerks uh, on the radio there in Boston is a huge activist. He introduced uh, the new representative, Mike Connolly, and our friend Chris Goldstein, who has returned from federal probation where he missed Freedom Rally for two years. Some of you remember it. We used to... uh... No glass was sold. There was not, not, none of this that's going on today was going on. They would, they would take, the Boston police would come in and take glass. There would be undercovers throughout the event. Since that time, 2008, we passed decrim. 2012, we passed medical marijuana. Yeah, let's hear it for Boston on that. It just didn't win either. It won big. Two votes to one. There's two of us for every one of them. And we didn't realize for so long we thought we were the minority and we realized that, well, what are we? We're the majority. That's right. And that's what we're seeing here today. That's why I'm so humbled. Uh, My name is Mike Crawford. I'm also known as Mike Can. I've been doing activism, politics for years in Boston related to marijuana reform. Working with Mass Can, started with them. Uh, We did some freedom rallies where we booked Onyx, Styles P. Were you here for those? Yeah, that was amazing. Me and Styles smoked right over there. That happened because of this event, because I, sh- I was in the audience like you guys were at one point, and I, and I liked it so much, I decided to walk down and talk to some people and get involved. And that's what we're hoping you do today. Get registered to vote. Students for Drug Policy is uh, out. There's a booth. You can sign up to vote if you're not in Massachusetts. Go register to vote. Get involved in MassCan. Get involved in all these organizations. Get involved in what that person's walking over there. Yes on four. We want to legalize marijuana. Yes. 
That's what the goal is today. Massachusetts 2016, my brother, the King of Pot, Michael Malta, rest in peace. Uh, yeah, you guys know KOP, the King of Pot. He was here for years. He passed away in 2009. We had a goal to legalize marijuana in 2016. I'm asking you to get involved and help us. Help me at the Young Jerks every week on my radio show. Call in, WEMF Radio. Check out our writing. Spread it around. Join MassCan. Invite your friends to MassCan. Join MassCan. Yeah. Uh, support the patients in Massachusetts for medical marijuana. Mass Patients Advocacy Alliance. Yeah. Let's hear it for them. They've been fighting. The, those guys over there at the State House, they haven't been helping, but you know who they can't deny? The patients of Massachusetts. So let's hear it for Mass Patients Advocacy Alliance. And uh, guys like Dick Evans. I've been around a long time. He's been around even longer. Let's hear it for him. Epstein, Bill Downing, Lester Grinspoon, Rick Cusick, High Times. These are legendary groups. I'm, a, I'm proud to be associated with them and working with these guys in this movement. I want to uh, bring over someone. This is going to be big, guys. Everyone, move up. We got Brett. Brett, you got some T-shirts? Who wants a T-shirt? Yeah, we got to throw on some T-shirts. Greenleaf Magazine. They got my stories. Check out them. Dig Boston, Alternate, High Times. All right. We just won something big this last week. Hey, 2 o'clock, come back. I'm we had a, a, these, a right? primary election, and the incumbent, Tim Toomey, said, Cannabis leads to opiates. Cannabis leads to opiates. What do you think about that statement from Rep. Tim Toomey? That's a joke. Yeah. Is that a joke? But the guy running against him in the Democratic state primary for state rep, as a friend of mine, came on my show, The Young Jerk, several times. He guest co-hosted. He helped us organize the medical marijuana patients and the, and the lobbying of the city council that he knew in Cambridge to help us get a dispensary. He campaigned on legalization. And you know what happened in the election? What they said would never happen against an incumbent, against Rep. Tim Toomey, who's been there forever. Before I started, he's been there. I've been going up to Tim Toomey's office year after year after year, asking him to support decrypt, to ask him to support medical, to ask him to support legal. Never yes. He came on with medical after the fact, but he was never that vocal after we won medical. The guy we're coming up right now ran and won against that. Yeah. He won by over 400 votes. I'm saying he won by 420 votes. Check him out. His name is Mike Conley, state rep elect. Mike Conley, let's hear it, bro. Thank you, Mike. Thank you all for being here. I just want to say yes on, yes on question four. Yeah. Register to vote. You know, there are so many reasons why we need to pass question four. Two of them that are first and foremost in my mind. First of all, there are racial disparities that persist to today in terms of the arrests for marijuana here in Massachusetts. So we need to pass question four to end the war on drugs. Yeah, give it up for that. A second issue that's so important to so many of us is treating 
in supporting those who are struggling with the heroin and the opioid epidemic right now. And continued prohibition of marijuana just gets in the way of that important work. So I'm saying let's vote yes on four so that we can do more to support people who are struggling with addiction. And thank you all for having me, and have a good day. Thanks. This is my friend Chris. Chris Goldstein missed the last two Boston Freedom Rallies because you have federal probation. This guy went 24 months without smoking weed. He did it like a Buddhist monk. I found, I found like four drug tests when I was on federal probation. But uh, Chris is finally back in Boston. Chris, do you have anything to say? Hello, Boston. It's great to be off federal probation and here smoking almost legal marijuana. But I gotta hear, I, you know, I gotta tell you, you guys are awesome. Like, in a few weeks, you're all gonna, like, vote to legalize pot. Completely legalize weed. It's gonna be both completely legal up here, but not where I live in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. It's gonna totally suck. We're gonna be looking at you going, fuck, another state did it, but not us. And not the federal government either. So listen, somebody, people keep asking me, Chris, when do we know that marijuana is legal? Like really legal, like completely fully legal. We don't have to work for it anymore. We don't have to fight any of this reform fight anymore. I said, okay, we'll know this when I watch this in Philadelphia, when a black man has a joint in his mouth and he's walking down the street and he sees a black cop in a car also smoking a joint and they both wave at each other I will know that legalization is finally going to all of America. But I'm here to tell you folks that until every prisoner gets out of jail, until every record gets expunged, that this fight for legalization isn't quite over yet. So as you guys celebrate victory this November, remember that folks like me with a federal record are still going to need your help to win victory for the rest of this country like Kansas and Oklahoma and everybody that's got a federal record. So when we say legalize it, we'll be back next year. It'll be legal here, but we'll still be saying legalize it. So bring 10 of your friends next year. This is the biggest crowd I've ever seen, but the Boston Commons should be crowded shoulder to shoulder when marijuana is legal. Thank you, and I'll see you next year. Thank you very much. Uh, beautiful thing to see my friend Chris Goldstein there at the Boston Freedom Rally. Uh, for those of you new to the show, Chris Goldstein is the entire reason I am talking to you right now. He created the normal Daily Audio Stash podcast in 2006 when most people didn't even know what a, the hell a podcast was. And certainly before anyone was doing it daily and uh, he helped that show for two years. I took it over in 2008, and it has evolved to become what you're listening to now. The Russ Belville Show, live on CannabisRadio.com, every weekday, covering the wide world of weed. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll have time for a radical rant on Terrence Crutcher, the latest victim of our drug war-fueled American racism. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. 
Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers? From a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Adrian, I, I, I finished it. <laughs> okay, maybe you're high too. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. and didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. This weekend, I was consumed with the Boston Freedom Rally between flying there on a red-eye flight and doing the rally and the after parties and getting back and forth to the Airbnb in the airport. I uh, wasn't following the news. I didn't bring my laptop with me. I didn't watch TV. And my cell phone use was pretty much limited to doing all my outbound social media. So when I was returning on Monday, of course, I had to uh, catch up with the latest news. And it, it, it's just so telling. It's so tellingly tragic in this country that when it's the news of a school shooting or an unarmed black man killed by police, you have to take some time to figure out which one. Is this a new case? And certainly this weekend we've had a new case of yet another unarmed black man. Uh, this man named Terrence Crutcher, age 40, who was gunned down by police. Uh, this was in Tulsa, Oklahoma where the police were responding to a call about Crutcher's stalled SUV blocking traffic. 
can't tell you how many times I've had uh, my car stalled in traffic at night. And I'm not a small person. And never once did I consider that the police showing up might lead to my death. Perhaps my free ride in a cop car for possession, maybe, but uh, never my death. So I had to digest all these reports, and I'm, I'm reading and watching the videos, and it's, it's like you don't even have to read the news stories anymore because you can already tell how it's going to unfold. The police report comes out of an uncooperative black suspect who just had to be shot to protect officer safety. Here's a quote from the story that first broke in Tulsa about this case. Quote, he refused to follow commands given by the officers, Tulsa police spokeswoman Jean McKenzie said. They continued to talk to him. He continued not to listen and follow any commands. As they got closer to the vehicle, he reached inside the vehicle. And at that time, there was a taser deployment. And a short time later, there was one shot fired. End quote. And then, of course, those statements are immediately shown to be lies by video evidence showing the unarmed black man with his hands in the air as he's gunned down by one cop with another three cops standing by. The uh, officer, Betty Shelby, who shot and killed Terrence Crutcher, said over the police radio, quote, I've shot a suspect who I've, I've shot a subject who won't show me his hands, end quote. But how can Betty Shelby not see what is plainly visible in two videos? And that is Terrence Crutcher showing his hands. Well, simple. According to Shelby's attorney, quote, Shelby, who has completed drug recognition expert training, believed that Crutcher was acting like a person who might be under the influence of PCP, end quote. Yeah, because, you know, PCP is all the rage in Oklahoma these days. <sighs> okay. Now, they also had audio from police in the helicopter who saw a madman on drugs as well. Quote, looks like a bad dude, too said one of the cops to the other cop who just happened to be David Shelby, Betty Shelby's husband, continuing, quote, could be on something, end quote. Bad dude. On something. PCP. In the killing of Terrence Crutcher, we can still hear the racist fear-mongering that led to our first prohibitionist drug laws over a century ago quote this from the Wikipedia entry. The drafters of the Harrison Narcotics Tax Act played on fears of, quote, drug-crazed sex-mad Negroes, end quote, and made references to Negroes under the influence of drugs murdering whites, degenerate Mexicans smoking marijuana, and, quote, Chinamen, end quote, seducing white women with drugs. Dr. Hamilton Wright testified at a hearing for the Harrison Act, Wright alleged that drugs made blacks uncontrollable, 
gave them superhuman powers and caused them to rebel against white authority. Dr. Christopher Koch of the State Pharmacy Board of Pennsylvania testified that, quote, most of the attacks upon the white women of the South are the direct result of a cocaine-crazed Negro brain, end quote. Yeah. Still with us today. Looks like a bad dude, too. Could be on something. He's acting like a person who might be under the influence of PCP. Now, we've heard this same type of imagery from police reports when we uh, first got the, the word of the Michael Brown killing. How he bulked up against the bullets. He was enraged like the Hulk. Superhuman. Now, I always have to give this disclaimer that I'm an able-bodied, tall, cisgendered, heterosexual, middle-aged, middle-class, white American male, so I'm just a Bible short of the gold medal in the privileged decathlon. So when I broach these questions, they may be coming from a place of ignorance, born out of my privilege, but take them with the intent they are offered, because I'm certainly just seeking understanding. How much of the police killing of unarmed black men owes to the war on drugs. Is drug prohibition a symptom of systemic racism, a mechanism of maintaining systemic racism, or some combination of both? I mean, certainly systemic racism in America predates the drug war, no question. But can addressing systemic racism proceed without dismantling the drug war? How intertwined are these things? How much does a drug war fuel the racism of our police departments against black people? I mean, my, my view as a white drug law reformer is admittedly limited, but what I see is a war on drugs that by its design is waged largely in poor neighborhoods against black and brown people. Those people that are involved in the trade by the nature of prohibition have to band together in gangs and then they have to arm themselves for disputes. And then this violence inherent in prohibition feeds the preconceived notion of cops that those are bad neighborhoods and these, those are bad people and, and they respond as an occupying force. And you continue this cycle for a few generations and you get law enforcement and, and the public at large conditioned to see black men, especially young black men or, and or large black men, as an inherent threat. So much so that when you test cops on this, even black cops have this same bias in the shooting range exercises. But also, as a white drug law reformer, I've seen legalization come to pass in four states now where the remaining marijuana crimes are still disproportionately charged against black and brown people. Sometimes more so now than under prohibition. And I've seen laws and regulations written that deny licenses to those who were caught and convicted in the prohibition market who, of course, were more likely to be minorities. And I've seen governments in the medical marijuana states hold rigorous licensing procedures that somehow include no minorities 
and then write stringent licensing requirements that are unattainable by any black applicant. So suppose we end the war on drugs tomorrow. All drugs are legally available to adults over 21 nationwide with reasonable limits based on drug potency and potential for harm. How much does that change racist law enforcement in America really? I'd like to think that ending the drug war can do nothing but help, but sometimes I the wonder political climate is at a fever pitch. If it really and would the fight for the social fabric of America. Would it really help? I think it's got to. I, I've got to hold out hope that it does help in the long term bring justice to our minority communities. That we can reach a place where indeed all lives matter and we're all treated equally under the law, but clearly we're not. I think the drug war has has fueled that. As Michelle Alexander wrote, it's like the new Jim Crow. I just don't think it's the only solution. This one's going to be a tough nut to crack. All right, we'll come back with some final thoughts after these messages. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The political climate is at a fever pitch, and the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the Cannabis Liberation Movement takes a huge step forward, and Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, The Path to Cannabis Freedom. Only on CannabisRadio.com. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest growing business association in the fastest growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. Argusville. 
What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Just closing up shop here in beautiful legal potland, Oregon, with some final thoughts. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about our marijuana election night coverage. Because, you know, the last four times I've done this, it's been it's been you and me, right? Like, just uh, me on the mic. With Cannabis Carry, too. Camped out at... Uh, camped out at the election headquarters, wherever it was, wherever our studio was, or, or on the line from someplace voting on legalization. But it was, you know, it was our typical thing, right? It was just our, our tiny little podcast streaming across the voiceover IP lines, bringing the news to a tight-knit community of cannabis consumers who are kind of political nerds. Well, that's all changing because <laughs> I'm with Cannabis Radio now, and um, I told them about my previous election coverage uh, shows and how I get you know huge listenership on those shows of people tuning in, trying to find out which states have passed, which states haven't, and uh, they took the ball and ran with it. Oh, my God. So, first of all, the big production is going to be down in Los Angeles because the production that requires enough labor that... We can't do it in the Bay Area. <laughs> so that's for one. It's like we got to go to L.A., you know, big superstar Hollywood town, right? Okay. And then two, there's going to be video component involved with this. So, you know, video feeds going out live. So now I've got to pay attention to how I look and make sure I'm not picking my fingernails or, you know, picking my teeth or, you know, looking off camera and all that kind of stuff. All right. So I got that coming up. All right. <laughs> and then um, now... Uh, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a producer involved and we're going to be tied in with various uh, other outlets, let's say. Oh, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, tied in with various other outlets. And, of course, our live reporters in nine different states so that there's going to be a, a board operator handling that. And then there's going to be a producer handling the connections. And that means I get to use an IFB. I was asked today, have you ever used an IFB? And I said, no, condoms usually. Uh, but no, what an IFB is, is apparently uh, the earpiece that you wear on like TV news and stuff where that's the, the that's where the uh, producer can talk to you. And so like now I've got to have that skill of being able to continue saying what I'm saying while someone else is talking in my ear that no one else can hear and coordinate all that. So <laughs> this is becoming I'm trying to maintain composure here uh, and, and, and professionalism and all. But there's still that part of me that's just, you know, I'm just the guy who's running a podcast, you know, pot smoker trying to get the word out. Never intended to be network anchor. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is going to be fun. Uh, we're going to have I, I'm actually getting nervous for this. It's going to be exciting and leading up to it. I'm uh, I'm renting a car and driving down to California for this because I'm stopping in Santa Cruz on the Sunday before the election to sit in and do a live stony Sunday with Coral Reefer and reach out to all that young audience that she's got, get them out to the polls for Prop 64 in California. So we're going to do that bit 
of uh, electioneering and then from there get on down to L.A. and do our coverage. And the other great news I've got about our coverage, especially for the longtime OGs like Stone Kidney out there, is I reached out to my sister from another mister, the lovely and talented Cannabis Carrie, to see if she would come out of her one year of radio retirement and four years of cannabis radio retirement to co-host the show with me. And she said yes. So we're working on getting uh, all the uh, arrangements handled to bring Cannabis Carry down. And hell, if she's going, we may not need to rent a car because she's got a Prius. <laughs> we'll just drive down in the Prius and uh, do this coverage. But I will be welcoming, again, crossed fingers. We've got to make sure... I. Can't guarantee this is the way it's going to happen, but this is the plan, and it looks like it's a go. Uh, Cannabis Carry joining me for Marijuana Election Night 2016, coverage of nine states, medical marijuana, legalization, and everything else in between, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Oh, it's going to be just like old times. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's coming Tuesday, November 8th, starting at my regular time, 3 p.m. Pacific. 3 p.m. was the uh, the hour. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Eastern is the hour before the first polls close. There's polls that close at 7 p.m. Eastern in Florida and Maine, I believe, are the first poll closings. So uh, we'll start from there. We'll start with an hour beforehand, and then each hour, as the time zones march across uh, from east to west, each hour we've got another set of states where their polls are closing. And uh, even and one half hour, because like Arkansas is like on the, the half hour on its polls closed, like at 730 Central or something like that. So it's going to be the feel, the same kind of feel as the national election coverage when they cover the polls closing in the east and the central time zone and the mountain. Same for us. We're going to go from east to west covering these states as their polls close. And it's just going to be very exciting. So I hope you join us. We'll be on from 3 to 9 Pacific. That's 6 to midnight Eastern. Or later, if we have to, to uh, bring you the latest breaking news. Also, we're going to, uh, in addition to the nine states, we're looking at bringing you as much coverage of, as we can of the local votes in California, Oregon, and Colorado concerning marijuana. I haven't heard any in Washington yet to cover, but I'm sure there'll be some to cover. We've also got at least four elected or, or candidates running for office who are uh, from our community. Carrie Boyer, Stephanie Viscovich, Cliff Duvall, and there was another who was given to me whose name escapes me off the top of my head. But we'll bring you their election results as well. It's all coming up Tuesday, November 8th, live here on CannabisRadio.com. That's all the time we got for today's show, though. Thanks for joining us. Time flies when you legalize. Be back tomorrow with more news and interviews you can use for this election, including tomorrow's guests. We've got North Dakota with Ray Morgan and our hump day update with Doug Fine. I'm Radical Russ from Portland, Oregon. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You
take a scene, you manage, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a scene, you manage, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth.